I'd like to welcome all of our new listeners to Clapback. I want to thank you for tuning in. This show today is an introduction show. It's kind of gets you abreast as to what to expect when you tune into Clapback. We want you to share this on your social media. We want you to become a part of the Clapback Nation. If you would like to correspond with Clapback, you can do so at Clapback. 770 at gmail.com. That's clapback770 at gmail.com. I also want you, for all of your travel needs, I want you to visit our website, https colon forward slash forward slash destination unlimited travel for all. That's the number four A L L for all dot com. We can provide you with car rentals. We have some great vacation packages that we can give you if you are ready to start traveling and being safe, even during the pandemic time. We have some great packages to Cancun, Mexico, Puerto Vallarta, the Bahamas. We have some great cruise deals. Whatever travel need you need, you can do it on our website. You can either email us again at clapback770 at gmail.com or go directly to the website. Let's get right into it. So we all know that we are in an election cycle and we want to talk about uh, the relevancy of the uh, election cycle because these are some of the things that we'll be dealing with. We will deal with relevant issues and we don't want to come from any necessary point of view, but we have our own opinion. We're not trying to change your opinion, but we want you to think about things. We want you to start seeing things through the lens of other people. You know, part of coming together as a people, as a nation, as a body, is to have a little empathy while at the same time holding true to your own own belief system, uh, as long as your belief system is not detrimental to others. And so here at Clapback, we are about talking about ideals and and broadening our understanding. You know, many people uh, are stuck in a microcosm or vacuum because we only deal with people that look like us, that talk like us, and act like us. And yet we try to hide behind uh, the prism that we are not prejudiced, we're not uh, racially biased, not sexist, we're not misogynistic, and all the other adjectives that go along with it. But what we'll soon find out is that all of us deal with certain prejudice. We have to, first of all, be honest in order to change the narrative in our own lives. We have to be able to look at things objectively in order to be able uh, to make a change. You know, the first thing about change is that you have to have a desire to change. And sometimes change is one of the most difficult things to do. Uh, We typically go to the same market in our neighborhood. We typically go to the same shops in our neighborhood, the same dry cleaners. We have a certain radius uh, that we go to. We go to work the same way. We typically do everything the same way. We cook our food the same way. We buy the same seasonings the same way. We get into a routine and a habit. That's not bad, but sometimes when we are afraid 
to step outside the boundaries, we not only do a disservice to ourselves, but we do a disservice to others. Did you not know that what you have, people outside your circle need what you have and you need what someone else outside of your circle has? You know, it's very interesting. I've worked for uh, several corporations in corporate America in management. And I remember the shift, I, I say back probably in the 90s where organizations were, were moving from the model in customer service where you would call into uh, a customer service line, you would ask your question and you would just get an answer or a response. And they started modeling where they wanted to be more inclusive and providing an experience. And one of the ways that they were able to capture that and one of the ways that they were able to successfully do that is they they developed what were called cultural awareness within organizations and inclusion. And so you saw a lot, and many of you probably are familiar with this, even probably on your job, Um, we started having different focus groups and started having different organizations within the organization, platforms that gave gays and lesbians and African-Americans and Native Americans and other cultures, different clubs that people could join and be a part of. And the whole idea was to have inclusion and diversity. Uh, We started diversity training and sensitivity training Uh, We wanted to make sure that females felt comfortable in the workplace and and that we were were not being offensive, but that we were being inclusive. And in fixing the problem and setting up many of these organizations, what we found and what I found and what you probably have seen is that all we did was move the the segregation uh, from the main floor of the customer service center into smaller groups. So you still had African-Americans joining African-American clubs, you had um, you had other Asians that joined just Asians, Asian clubs or gay and lesbians only being a part of that diversity and you still didn't have a mix. And, and, and one day I remember uh, we were in a particular meeting, we were talking about div- uh, diversity and inclusion and how we really wanted to be a very diverse organization. And, 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 and they prided, this particular organization prided themselves because they had so many clubs and they had so many outlets that you could be a part of uh, if you so chose to. But one of the things that, that I brought to the attention of our diversity and inclusion department, I said, what you really need to do, even though you see a, a great wave of different individuals on the call center floor, What you will see and what you need to look at is what's going on on your breaks and lunch times. Because what you find during breaks and lunch is that people still were congregating with, for lack of a better term, their own kind. So black people went to lunch with black people. Women went to break with women. Gays and lesbians went to lunch together. There still was no diversity. There was the appearance of diversity and inclusion, but somehow we missed the mark on how to integrate uh, and fuse these various groups of individuals into the workplace. And so one of the things that we came up with was we, we started having every month where 
people on their lunch breaks were uh, we actually scheduled people differently uh, and put them in different groups for lunches and so we wanted to make sure that we had diversity when we walked into a lunch room we didn't just want to see white people sitting at a lunch table by themselves or women sitting at a lunch table by themselves we wanted to promote and give people the opportunity and the means wherewithal to actually integrate and start learning about one another. You see, what we're getting at in this uh, podcast is what we're talking about is that many of us, if we look at our lives, we will say that we don't have uh, gender bias or we'll say that we don't have bias as it relates to race or whatever it may be. But in actuality, when we think about it, Ask yourself this question, your Thanksgivings, your Christmases, your birthday parties, your regular parties, your Friday going out to drink days. How many people are in those groups that are, don't look like you? How many people of color, how many Caucasian people are with black people? How many people are actually going outside of their circle and actually interacting with someone that is different? Think about your own life. How many people do you actually interact with? Like really, when you when you go out on the weekends, when you do your free time activities, when, when you go to play golf, when you go to the beach, when you travel on vacation, have you really expanded yourself beyond what you're used to to include others? You see, until we are able to break this barrier down amongst ourselves and understand, we can be inclusive and yet still have different ideals. Inclusion doesn't mean that we always have to agree. We can disagree and disagree in a civil manner and yet learn about each other's culture and help us to be empathetic. You know, as a black man, I never forget, there was a time when I was growing up, um, uh, uh, African-Americans, we use oils and uh, what we call grease uh, to, to moisturize our scalp. And I never forget, I went to uh, a grade school where in the grade school and in this entire district, uh, this entire school district, the only African-Americans were myself, my, my younger brother, my older sister, a gentleman named Tracy Davis and his brother. Then there was a mixed family. Uh, they were mixed black and white. And in that family, you had uh, two boys and a girl. We were the only people of color in the entire district. And so when, when uh, we were talking about putting grease in our hair, I never forget that the majority of the students who heard that thought we were talking about putting Crisco oil, uh, you know, bacon grease or some type of cooking grease into our hair. Why? Because they had never been culturalized or they had never uh, had an orientation into the life of African-Americans. And so they were left to think uh, of ideals that came to their head or ideals that they were either taught rightfully or wrongly uh, by their parents or grandparents or what they saw on television or what they read. And so they they built their narrative around these things. And so when we talked about putting grease in our hair, <laughs> they thought we were going into the kitchen and getting a big old bucket of Crisco and taking the Crisco oil, 
whether it was shortening or whether it was the actual oil and putting it into our hair. You see, until you get around people and, and talk to people, one of the things you'll find is that we all have, all of us have the basic needs that Maslow talked about, the Maslow hierarchy of need. We all have a, a need uh, to be loved. We have a need uh, to be taken care of, food. And, and you know, I'm not saying it uh, in particular as, as Maslow said it, but there's a hierarchy of needs that every human being has. And so we all want uh, our children to have great education and, and to have a great job. We want to live in a nice, clean neighborhood, a nice home. Uh, we want to have a savings. We want to be able to travel. We want to be able to do things with friends and family. So we all have these basic needs, but within our culture, there are cultural differences that we have. And until we're able to congregate together and learn about one another, then we will not be able to break down these walls of defenses. And that brings me to our election cycle because we have been in what I have uh, seen in my lifetime, I'm only 53, but in my lifetime, I've never seen a, um, a, a what I wanna call it, I've never seen such an atmosphere of hatred and violence and separation. Uh, I, I was born in 67, but I, I don't have memories of what it was like in the 60s. I do have some memories of the 70s when I was growing up in grade school. But, but from what I see uh, from films and, and talking to people that lived in that era, that when I say lived in that era, actually participated during that time, um, it would seem to me that the, the era in which we're living in now, outside of Jim Crow, is just as bad or worse now than it was then. You have people that are far to the left, far to the right. No one's listening to anyone. No one is looking at facts. Everyone is creating their own narrative and what they believe. Uh, and so we don't check the sources of information, you know, whether we're getting our source from a good source or a source that is a conspiracy source, we're not doing those things. And so it has caused us <clears throat> to have this, uh, this anger and hatred and no one is coming together. Now, let me say, uh, without giving out my party affiliation, we can't blame everything on uh, Donald Trump. You see, Donald Trump is not responsible for the hate that is within each of us or the racism or the prejudice or the implicit bias is not his fault that it's in us. Now, he may be the conduit or the opportunity that emboldens that ideal to be able to permeate in our society, but he is not the foundation. The foundation of that is us. But if we don't take the time to change us and take a look inside ourselves, then we will continue down a road of destruction. And so, as we're in this election cycle, we're seeing things that uh, we've, we've never seen before. We've had uh, a militia group that orchestrated and planned an attack on a sitting governor and lieutenant governor in Michigan. Uh, we've had a young man arrested because he actually uh, went to the neighborhood of Joe Biden and he had followed him around and was planning on killing him and his family. 
And even in the situation with Michigan, the uh, militia group had actually went to the governor's uh, home. Uh, you have uh, the situation where the, the couple in St. Louis uh, stood, stood on their lawn with their uh, AR-15. You have the marches in the street with Black Lives Matter. You have uh, the emboldening of, of, of racist group and white supremacist groups. You have, on the other side, you have the uh, so-called Antifa and the anarchists that want to, <coughs> excuse me, that want to um, dismantle the system. So you have all of these things that are in this stew, this pot of stew that is boiling. And we're in an election cycle where there is no middle ground. Uh, you're either to the left or you're to the right. But what it has caused, it has caused such a divide in our country where when people say we're American or they're American, it's not necessarily that they're saying that they mean the same thing. Because it's almost as if there are multiple Americas. It's almost as if there are many Americas today. You have the liberal America, you have the conservative uh, America, you have the racist Mar uh, uh, America. You have all different types of America going on in America. You have people that are fighting for their rights and their rights alone. You're having people that want their agenda passed and no one else's agenda. And so the only way we can change that from a political stance is that we all have to get involved in voting. And I, and I speak to a lot being African-American. I go into the community and I speak to a lot of African-Americans, young African-Americans in particular, and not only young African-Americans, but even some uh, non-African-Americans that feel as though their vote doesn't count. And so they're not going to vote. You know, I, and I always say, me and my friend, we talk about it, I say it's interesting that these people, and I, and I hate using the word these people, it is, it is amazing that people will get up early in the morning and protest all day, but yet and still feel that their vote doesn't count and they won't go vote. They don't have time to vote, but they have time to march. And on the other hand, you have those who have time to guard the street or what have you. Um, who feel the police have been done wrong and they'll do what they want to do. And there's no coming together because there's no conversation. There is no interaction of people of different ideals. And America is supposed to be about uh, an ideal. The whole concept of America is an ideal, it is an ideal. And because it's an ideal, it's ever expanding and it's ever changing because as generations go off the scene and come on the scene, the ideal of what America should be expands. But th there's an issue that arises when, when you have those that are coming on the scene, but there are also those who have been on the scene that feel like they're losing their way of life and they don't want to transition into the new America. It's kind of like, uh, I, I've been fortunate enough uh, to remember, I, I wasn't old enough where the telephones were done by an operator that was sitting on the other side and pulling the plugs out and connecting all over the place. But I was in the generation of a rotary dial phone. Yeah, a rotary dial phone. 
uh, with a long cord. And typically in the home, you would have a phone on the wall in the kitchen and maybe a phone in the living room. Uh, you didn't have a phone in your bedroom. You didn't have phones all over the house. And again, these were phones that that rotary dial. So there wasn't no fast dialing, especially if you had to dial a nine or a zero. You had to dial that nine, take it all the way around and let it come back before you could dial another number. And I remember when uh, things began to switch over to the touchtone phone. And you had some people that were wanting to keep their dial phones and didn't want to go over to the touchtone phone. I remember I came up in a time where we had uh, actual voice recorders that were called answer machines that when you called, if you had an answer machine, you were kind of like thought of as a rich person to have an answer machine. But you had an answer machine that had a, a tape that you had to put into the machine and it would record the message. And we, we transitioned from that to voicemail. And, and there was resistance. Every time there's a change, an expansion of better ideals, an expansion of, of more efficiency and more inclusion, um, you find that those that are left uh, in the generation that is before the transition, uh, there is a great resistance because they feel like they're losing something. And I want you to think about it. Think, and again, those of us that are moving forward, we have to look back at, at those that are that are afraid of the transition and we have to understand it because, you know, think in terms of your lifestyle, the lifestyle that you have. Um, it is not easy to let go. It's not easy to go to the lo- to a market that is not in your neighborhood. It's not easy to go to a dry cleaners on the other side of town because you're not used to the surroundings. You're not used to uh, the merchants there or the stores. And so if we learn to come together, if we learn to that we can have independent ideals, but we also have to be able to listen to one another. And that's what this election should really be about. It should be about everyone encouraging everyone to vote. It shouldn't be about the, the, the venom on either side. Don't vote for Trump, vote for Biden. Don't vote for Biden, vote for Trump. It shouldn't be about the, the anger, it should be about the expression to be able to let your voice be heard in this experiment called America. We should be encouraging each other to vote. We should not be having laws that are stopping people from voting. We shouldn't be having laws that make it harder for people to vote. It shouldn't be about that in America. You see, if we're going to stand on the Constitution, we have to believe and stand on that Constitution at all times and let that Constitution live and breathe. Uh, we, we cannot uh, allow a few people uh, to dictate what is happening. Progression and progress is a great thing. So today, hey, I want to encourage you uh, to expand your horizon. Why don't you go out to breakfast with someone of a different race or different gender? Why don't you have lunch with someone who's gay, transgender, but you're a Christian? You don't have to do what they do in order to be friendly, to get to know them, to understand them, because what you will find, again, is we all have the same basic needs and the basic wants. Now, as it gets beyond that, Yes, we're different. There are certain things that are done in the African-American culture that are done differently in, in the white culture, that's done different in the Asian culture, that's done differently in the Jewish custom. And so 
We just need to understand each other so that we can speak to each other, so that we can go places and do things without being fearful that, you know, we're going to offend somebody or, or, or cause a problem. Hey, please don't forget, tune in every day here at Clapback because we're going to be talking about issues, clapping back against nonsense and foolishness. There will be some opinions on here. Uh, I'll have some guests on here that will talk with us. I will do some uh, guests, uh, some shows with some guests. Maybe you'll be a guest on our show. I want you to share this on your social media. I want you to like and follow and comment. If you want to get in touch with us, do so at clapback770 at gmail.com. That's clapback770 at gmail.com. Thank you. Until the next time, remember, it's time to clap back.